Welcome back to another edition of Living Courageously Exposed, hosted by Inside Out Adventures and yours truly, Jennifer J. Saunders. My friends call me Jay. Today I have with me one of the most amazing people that I know in my life. And I don't know if you guys have noticed, I know a lot of amazing people in my life. But I'm really grateful to be sitting next to this person. Um, I've known Carrie for, what is it, Carrie? Like 10, 11, maybe 12 years. A long time. A long time, yeah. And uh, I met Carrie when we both worked out at the same gym at early mornings. And I, I would see this soul and just started getting to know her. And uh, it's taken us to where we are today, which is sitting at her kitchen table <laughs> with, uh, with the puppy in the kennel next to us and just... Uh, belly full of, of good food and, and hearts full of full of love. So I have so much that I could say in regards to Carrie and, and I'll just introduce her this way. I'm not gonna tell you her accomplishments, but just some of the things that she is. And those things are, she's a teacher and she's an amazing teacher and she's a mother. And she's a mom who like has her eyes wide open and helps her kids have a broad view of life, which is really amazing. It's fun to watch how her kids reciprocate that back to her and to the people in their lives. She's a wife. She vacationed at a women's prison. She's a dog mama. She's an arborist. You can look that up if you need to. And she's an avid runner. Like, I've offered to run with her a few times, and she pretty much tells me no, because I can't keep up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's my story, but I'm sticking to it. So, really, with Carrie, you know, we've had conversations about her story, and I think it's one that many of you could relate to in in lots of ways and some of you may not be able to relate to in really any ways and I would encourage you to keep your hearts and your minds open because there's a lot of lessons to be learned here and there's really no beginning point like where to start this conversation we've we've sat here for the last 15 minutes like what is the starting point and so really we're just going to bring to you today a conversation and it probably most likely will come to you in in separate parts. We'll do a few episodes. And so with that, I'm just going to turn the time over to Carrie and say, hey, thanks for coming on our show today. And uh, I'm excited to hear what you have to not only share with me, but to those who are listening. And where do we start? Yeah, I'm really grateful to be here too. I'm, I think I'm grateful to be here. (laughs) Um, There is a burning to share with the world, a lot of my journey, but I've, I've never let that happen. Um, aside from, you know, individual conversations with vulnerable friends or in public places where I've had to share. Why, may I ask, have you never really let that happen? Um, I would say, well, if I retract a little bit, I was never afraid to speak. I mean, I think one of the things that has always been a fun story from my childhood is I didn't speak till I was like two and a half years old. <laughs> Not a word. And my parents took me somewhere thinking I couldn't speak. Um, when really I had just been observing and at two and a half, I just fluently started speaking sentences. I just (laughs) had to have it all figured out before I was going to launch. And that is somewhat of how I lived my life for a long time. I didn't want to play basketball till I could figure out every little rule and be successful. I didn't want to sign up for a race till I knew I could run it well. You mean win it? Or win it. <laughs> okay, just checking. <laughs> um, I just, I think that I, I, I still struggle that way. Sure. Um, I think I have to feel really safe. Sure. To want to share. And I, I've struggled feeling safe. 
Yeah, with I would, a story that is very unsafe for a lot of people. I would guess that there's a lot of people listening to us today that have similar things. Like I, I have an understanding of that. Like the perfectionist side of me was like, I can't do this particular thing until I absolutely know it. So right. I, I think I have an understanding as would some of our of our crowd. But I know your go, yours goes a lot deeper than that. And so how do you overcome that? You find people like you who are willing and have lived worthy to hear it. Um, and then you realize that with that behind you, you can share bigger and a little wider. I think that's all it's really taken for me. And to continue to, with courage, move forward. And your story is not, I mean, my story is different today than it was 10 years ago. And so maybe some distance, you get some distance from some learning experiences and it doesn't feel as threatening. What defines safety for you? Like, how do you find that? I don't even know if I have that answer. Um, I have learned through like my own learning that not everybody is worthy to hear your story. Not everybody is safe. Uh, one thing I think that's been an un unexpected gift in my life is that I've had to live very transparently. And so I'm really not afraid to share, I think when I say safe, I'm, I'm worried safe for me, safe for you. I, I don't like disturbing sure. other people. <laughs> being um, a, a pot stir, muddy Yeah, waters. being a catalyst, yeah. Uh, making others uncomfortable by information. It does feel scary. And, they, and I think maybe my experiences have taught me it is lonely and scary. But I guess I, I desire connection enough. I can say today that over trumps that fear of not because we truly only connect when we can share. What were some experiences in your, in your younger life that maybe helped you push past that, I'm gonna call it perfection, is that, is that a good word? Mm -hmm. Like, so that you weren't like just stuck in a rut, always seeking information or, but found yourself in a place where you could actually take action. I think I had a lot of hope and dreams mm. and maybe those were the launching point. In a small example, even though it's a, of a bigger example, I guess. I married my husband after eight weeks of knowing him. <laughs> I, I really knew nothing. <laughs> I would guess a few people out there can relate to that um, as well. <laughs> and thank goodness he is a really good person because I, I just jumped in head first with visually seeing a few boxes checked. I just jumped right in. And I think that experience is specifically from like my whole life building this image and dream of what marriage would be when the opportunity was there, I just jumped. There has been times when I haven't necessarily held back and evaluated, you know, overanalyzed, but pain is a great teacher. And sometimes it can really hold you from that same thing. I mean, it, it's a gift, right? but I've had enough pain that I think I'm more leery to jump than I used to be. I don't know, in a lot of relative terms, I, have a, I had a really normal childhood. There, I've, I've since kind of seen some family dynamics that probably I picked up, <laughs> sure, <laughs> like everybody, but I, I, had a, I had a mom and a dad in the same home. I felt loved. I felt supported and encouraged to fulfill goals, and there's not anything I can really pinpoint. Yeah, so you, you lived in a home that had, like, your nuclear family. Parents weren't divorced. No, nuclear um, family. Um, I had two other siblings. I was the middle. Okay. Oh, the middle, that the might middle, explain a few things. The middle, I have definitely fulfilled the prophecies <laughs> of every middle child out there. I've read it all. <laughs> to all of you middle children, we, <laughs> we love you. We know you and we love you. I mean, my, yeah, my my mother was a part-time, and she worked outside the home part-time. Okay. Uh, my father owned a business, and we were, we were like the normal middle American family. Uh, I don't think I was spoiled. 
I don't think I was like under attended or over attended to. I think in, uh, I mean, in almost every way my family showed up really beautifully for me right. as parents. Did you have um, spiritual or religious um, background that helped in the guidance or your upbringing, yeah. like it, that helped make your choices and things that you did in your life? Yeah, so I had a very typical, I would say Idaho, Utah, bubbled Mormon family. Maybe less than some people, uh, as maybe the logistics of it, but we attended worship church every Sunday. We never got out of those things that was strictly adhered to. You didn't miss those meetings. They kind of did direct the way my parents ran their lives. It kind of was the encouragement of, you know, where would we go to college and what kinds of things would we study because as a girl, I was very much encouraged to be a mother and that was the highest priority. And, you know, any like educational aspirations was were definitely sub to that. And so, yeah, I planned my whole life on those paradigms. I think a lot of people listening, they'll understand that. Um, that's my background as well. And um, it's it's interesting to see how these things shape, you know, whether whether you call it religion or you call it spiritual, how it shapes our lives and, and our choices and our decisions and sometimes the safety factor as well. Let's go back to the perfectionism and having to have things all <laughs> figured out. I know, blasted. <laughs> the thought that came to my mind, and it's kind of a funny thing, is how did that work, like, having kids? Oh, I thought I was going to be a perfect mom. <laughs> and? I mean, I, for a while it felt like that was really, like, completely taking place. You know, it was like... I'm going to conceive this month. I'm going to have a baby in April. I'm going to name her this. We are, she's going to be dressed in baby gap. So I mean, you did I have it all planned every, out. Oh, totally every detail. And for a lot of years, it was like an inflated ego about it. Like, what's your problem? You are doing, I, you just got to have it figured out better. You just need to plan better. Um, my plans are like totally flying with, you know, flying colors. I'm just rocking this. And... I mean, I really had no hiccups that way. That's and a blessing. It was, or a curse. but um, yeah, it was. It kind of compensated for maybe some of the other like uncomfortable realities of being married so young. It's like I'm not going to focus on those. I'm jump to write this, and then that that just kind of flowed, and for a little while it worked. Okay. <laughs> it kind of, I, I, yeah, it probably like reinforced the perfectionism. A little bit. In in what ways? That you can do it perfect. Um, where we were living, it felt like a massive rat race to do it that way. It was like, you, you know, when are you going to have your next child? Are you going to lose your weight the fastest? Is your child going to be dressed the right way? Um, are you going to have, you know, the right vehicle and the right car seat? And I was literally checking every box and, and leading the pack in those things, you know. I was the person that could claim, yes, I did do that. And... Yes, I did do that and that and that and that. And so I did, I think it reinforced that for me. How did it work for you to just continually be, thank you? It was exhausting. And it has, it had been around for a long, long time. So when I I had, I have probably the best sister anyone could ever ask for, sincerely. My sister was the older sister who had no problems dragging me everywhere with her. Never ashamed to have me there. I borrowed anything, even without asking nothing but grace handed to me over and over again my whole life and there were times in my life where the attention of my parents was not on her and you would never have known it so um in high school i think that came to a head because i wanted to be her i wanted to have i mean my sister was a beautiful musician she had the perfect 
you know, academic standards. Um, she was kind, she was in leadership capacities. She was like the first child perfection person. That I understand really well. And I, uh, I really worked my butt off to try to follow through with all that same thing. Um, and I think by high school, I just, it came to a head. I was not her. I wasn't going to be her. I wasn't, I just wasn't her. The strive for perfectionist almost grew deeper in mm. ways that I could identify it differently than her. So, um, like deeper to become like now I'm going to, I can't be her. And so now I've got to be, but my I'm going to be person. a perfect form of me. Gotcha. Okay. And I didn't really know who I was cause I'd just been chasing after that. Right. And so I don't know that compiled with like experiences high school brings like boyfriends and social situations. Um, I had the experience of really struggling with body dysmorphia. Explain really quickly for those who may not understand what body dysmorphia is. I was never overweight. I was always an athlete, a really healthy and fit person. And I suddenly wanted to literally get rid of my body. It was like a symptom of something that was like, like holding me back or, and I was told that from sources. I, what I saw when I looked in the mirror was nothing like what was really there. And that just got worse and worse and worse until I had a full blown disorder and had to, you know, my parents put me in counseling and some of that never really leaves. I mean, I'm nowhere like I was back then, but the seeds are, I don't know, they're still there like okay. anything. And so, yeah, the perfectionist thing just, I was driven for that. And it was the ways that I was winning that way were really compensating for ways that I was really neglecting, like other things mm -hmm. in my life. Am I hearing you say that you struggle a little bit with the body dysmorphia now or just different forms of it? Oh, yeah. How do you manage that as, a, as an adult woman now? Oh, well, I'd love to hear what other people do. It's so hard. It's, it's even harder when you get teenagers yourself and you just are like seen into your life and you realize how much you want to handle it better and how much it still is in you right. when you struggle to do that. I think that's one of my favorite things about having kids and, and we haven't talked about it on here very much or at all at this point, but that our kids are our greatest teachers that way. Like they show us the things that we've pushed down or hidden and that if we're willing to take a look, they'll mm -hmm. show us these amazing parts of ourselves that we just yeah. haven't been willing to take a look at. So I like that you just brought that up. Yep. Carrie, by the way, has two beautiful teenage daughters that uh, they are. They're adorable. Amazing. I think only in the last few years, I've really been able to say perfectionism is not the number one driving force of my life. Very and cool. I think it was for, I don't know, 30 something years. It's a long time to be exhausted. It is. Having it not be the number one spot now, what, what has taken its place? I'd like to claim it's love. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and I've, I, I think I've nurtured a lot of that, but, but, but love can be a big thing. I mean, it can be love for someone else. It can be love in general. Is it love for yourself? Like, what is that love? I don't know. I think love in general is a bigger drive from my life. Um, I think I'm engaged as a mother because I sincerely love that I'm a mother and it has nothing to do with this is what a mother looks like. It's, this is what brings me joy and purpose and fulfillment. What does a mother look like? What and how much we judge ourselves on what we think a mother looks like and should look like and you know, I I don't think there is one and I'm guilty of all of that. I'm yeah, guilty so of judging as, myself and I'm extremely critical of my own mother as I've worked through my crap. I don't know. I think moms show up and do the best they can with what they know. Yeah. I, I'm a full believer that there isn't 
There isn't this like mold of what a mother looks no. like or how she should act or because we all have our different experiences and backgrounds and I feel like we really need to let ourselves off the hook of that yes. and the perfectionism of that yes. and just allow ourselves to be ourselves yep. and give ourselves permission to do the best that we know how. Yeah. Which I feel like Carrie's done a really good job. Again, I've, I've had this opportunity to watch her transform and, and through that transformation teach these just most amazing principles to her kids. And, and I, I've watched her let herself off the hook a little bit and it's a beautiful thing. So what's next? Maybe delving into some of this transformation that we keep talking about, what the catalyst for that transformation was, and maybe just start going in that direction. Okay. Close to 10 years ago, I got the opportunity to spend time in prison. Oh, that was the vacation at the women's prison in the yes. introduction. <laughs> Which, in, all, in all, all honesty, most people listening probably have never been in a prison. Right. They've never even visited one. Um, and so... I always like to dispel some of the myths. Oh, I would love this. Because I think there are a lot of them out there. Right. Um, simple ones. There was no bars in my prison where I was. I can't claim any others, but there was n no bars. Um, where I lived looked more like a dormitory. And I was surrounded by a lot of other women in kind of general groups of six or eight living quarters. And of course I felt contained because I was, right. but I never felt, I never felt physically like suffocated or I never felt locked up. Okay. If that's what it, I, I think that's a great theme. Cause I would imagine like, I remember a time for me when that was the visual I had, like for sure you go to, that was the visual a, I had going into it. Yeah. The prison. And you know, I have, I had the opportunity to have a younger brother go to prison and um, the person, the man I was married to had the opportunity to go to prison for a little while. And that was the picture I had in my head as well until I had the opportunity to visit these three amazing people in my life and realize that it's not really that way. And so I would imagine lots of people listening to us today, that's the visual they have. And yeah. so I think it's really great to like dispel those myths. So tell yes. us some more. Um, and I would love if anyone ever posts questions that they have about any of that, um, because I think what the public puts out about it is not always what's really there. So and let's so, just make that invitation really quickly. If you have questions, feel free to post them on, on our webpage or um, in the comment section. And I will make sure that we pass them on to Carrie for you know, yeah. a future podcast or future uh, teaching opportunities. Yeah. So I mean, like, feel free to share. Anything from what do women do there? What does it look like? What do they spend their time with every day? Um, were you scared? I mean, all these things that people just have this story in their mind. I can tell you it was nearly 100% different than I thought it would be. Okay. So, so a couple of those things that you just, questions that you just had. Let's answer a couple of those. Were okay. you scared? I was at first. And what were you, what were you afraid of? Never getting out. Mm. That was the one. The sense of complete powerlessness. And that was so real to me. It was... Every force I have in my life, including God, including my family, financial resources, it didn't matter what I compiled together in this, like, I got all this, it meant nothing. I had no power. I had to just endure and accept whatever was coming. And that so in was some ways, truly terrifying. Yeah, in some ways it sounds like it was kind of like a death. Like you just had to leave everything behind. You know, we get, we gather yes. all those, but we just, 
Yeah, just... it was, there was a stripping, that's for sure. No, I like that word, a stripping. Um, and then I was afraid of other people. Um, I had a lot of judgments on those women from, from you know, the, the beginning. That took a little while for that to fall away. There was a lot of, I'm not like them. Sure. Um, wanting to stay safe from being among that population. And it yet was, you're in it. And yet I was in it, and I was them. And it's funny, because as I got to know them, I realized these, are, these women are me. They're business owners and mothers and wives and physicians and dentists and all these people that we just have all this respect for in our lives. They were all there. So it wasn't just like in our minds, you know, we... These horrible, crappy people. Horrible, crappy... The people that we really pretty much dehumanize... Very ...in much. order to have the opinions that we have. Mm -hmm. That's not what you saw. Not at all. And I think I was kind of blessed with the gift uh, eventually of seeing people, not behaviors. And I had a very hard time ever understanding how they got there. Um, I never saw that. Um, so that, you, you know, and I, and I quit wanting to know why they were even there. Cause I just thought, I don't even know that behavior. You know, um, I had so many amazing people that I got to interact with in there. Some still to this day, some of the, some of the best people. And I know for a lot of people, they would literally say, I cannot understand even a tiny portion of what you're saying. These are criminals and they, and they have committed crimes, but just like we say in general, I don't know if you say this to your kids, but when I say, if you knew their story, right. you would understand. Right. We can't know everyone's story. It's not a possibility, but it's true. That statement is true. If you know their story, you'd understand. And I realized really quickly, why would I be any different if I had those shoes? So we're actually going to pause right here and... Um because we have so much more to say. So we're just gonna end this episode and, and just thank you for your time. And Carrie, thank you for like getting us started. Like I almost don't wanna end here because we're like getting into the meaty stuff, but hang on, come back for us in part two of our interview with Carrie and you'll get, like we're gonna peel the skin back a little bit more and really get into the meat of what we're talking about. So with, with that, let's just remind you that um, if you don't believe in yourself, no one else will. And go have a great day.